I think the reseller community has been um, very cool. I just found out last year that there is one like on Instagram and stuff. So just kind of seeing everyone else's numbers is, is very, it's like a very good competitive kind of thing. Uh, it pushes me to do more. Um, and I think naturally you want to do more obviously, but just seeing that it's possible, like so-and-so is doing it like you can too kind of thing. So Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Hey, wanted to talk a few moments about some sponsors. Scope from Seller Labs. Um, when's the last time you created a listing, right? And when you create that listing, you've got to come up with the keywords, right? It's all keyword dependent. I don't care if it's uh, private label or wholesale. You've got to get it right. Well, what's the best way to get it right? If you're selling a similar product that's really successful, you go and you take and use their keywords. And that's what Scope does for you. It's a phenomenal tool brought to you again by Seller Labs, the leaders in technology uh, when it comes to Amazon right now. They are just crushing it with all their products. But Scope allows you to get that listing right. Get ranked for those keywords as fast as possible. Therefore, you get the sales. So go to sellerlabs.com forward slash scope, use the code word momentum, save a little bit of money, get some free keywords to test, try it out and see if you see an improvement. If you don't adjust, what's cool about what I love about uh, Seller Labs is that you then message and say, hey, I didn't get this right, Tyler. Hey, Jeff, this isn't working right. What am I doing wrong? And boom, you're going to get the help you need. And that's what you're going to get from Seller Labs. And, and it's a very special group. They've been very, I've been very fortunate to be connected with them. And again, I look over time, they've delivered every single time. You know, same thing I can say for Karen from Solutions for E-Commerce. I mean, she's been carrying my account for a couple of years now. Um, and our account, my wife and I, and she really does handle things for us. Um, I mentioned uh, just last week, we created a new listing with forget how many variations. But again, all the flat files uploaded, done as I needed. I pop in, so she'll send me a template, I pop in some information, and then boom, it's handled. Oh wait, these pictures weren't done right, blah, blah, blah. This UPC needs it, boom, modified, adjusted. And again, the communication's been phenomenal too. I get an email pack saying, hey, this was done, or this, you're missing this, Steve. Hey, you gotta do this. So, you know, we have those challenges too. And that's why I like working with somebody who's been doing it, and been doing it for a long time. Did you know Karen also does listings for eBay? Yep, lots of them. So if you want to build out that channel, which of course you should, it's Q4, you should be selling everywhere you can, um, Karen can help you with that too. So you got to tell her I've sent you. So you're going to go to solutions for e-commerce forward slash momentum. You're going to save 50 bucks every single month. You're going to save that $50. But more importantly, you're going to get an inventory health report. Um, did you just get hit with monthly long-term storage fees? Well, guess what? If you haven't, they're coming. You want to get that inventory right, and she can help you with that. You got to tell her I sent you. Again, solutions, the number four, e-commerce forward slash momentum will get you into that. Save the 50 bucks. Get that inventory health report, though. That's really, really important. Get that going right away. And I don't want to miss my coach when it comes to retail orb or online orb. When I have a question, and I do, not that we don't we don't really do much of it anymore, but when I do have a question, I go to Gay Lisby. Because why? Because she's really... She is a coach. I mean, she's really phenomenal, but she also puts out a daily list and you're going to get that list five days a week. You're going to get tons of leads. The number of, uh, 
agreed to amount that you're supposed to get, she, she usually gets to those in the four days. And then the fifth day seems to be a bonus most of the time. Phenomenal group, small amount of uh, buyers where this list is going to. And the best thing is the nuggets that you learn. Hey, why is the red one better than the blue one? Gate can help you with those questions. I saw, hey, I got, um, I got a, the dreaded letter about a brand. Here's the, here's the way you approach it. Hey, receipts, um, how do you, what's the best practice? I saw her leading instructions, teaching me, the accountant, how to do a better job with it. And it's phenomenal. So it's Gay Lisby's um, a million dollar selling. Um, I'll have the link in here. You've got to use um, the, my, my link, and, and it does help me. I don't want to say it that way, but um, it's part of Amazing Freedom with Andy Slamins, Lee Ron, Hirsch Korn, and Nate Slamins, so you know you can trust them, okay? So come out to the website, take a look at it, and you will get uh, savings, and you can get two weeks free right now. Only through my link, you get two weeks free. Try it. You don't like it? I get it. Back off. But right now is the time to make money. Get cash flow going right now. And so join, you get two weeks free. The only way you're going to get the two weeks free is if you use my link. It's on this episode. Come on out and give it a try. You will not be disappointed. Again, you're going to see me in there. So reach out if I can help you too. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 343, Matt Klein. Now, I really, really enjoy talking um, and I probably talk a little too much, and I'm sorry, Matt, because I overpower a conversation a little bit sometimes. But I get so excited when I see somebody so young figuring it out. And figuring it out, and this isn't uncomfortable to say, despite his circumstances. And, I mean, he, he'll tell a story. Um, he had some challenges in his life, but he overcame them. And each point in his life where he figured something out, and he took responsibility and didn't let others be responsible for him. That that was the growth moment for him. And it's so cool. I get so inspired by somebody so young uh, who has so much to offer and he's not even getting started. I mean, to me, that's, that's the destiny uh, that he has is that he's just getting started and he's got so much potential and, and he's so humble about it. It's just very, very cool. It's a very cool story. Very, um, he's having a lot of success um, because of himself, um, because he understands that. And I just think it's so cool to see. And as a dad, I get, I get, I do, I get a little choked up about it because it's just so cool to see somebody rise above their circumstances. Uh, very inspiring. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's guest, um, because he comes with a story. Now, you know, I just want you to think about this. You have a story. I have a story. And Matt's going to tell his story. But I think I think that he brings this story to this business. I think it helps him in this business because I think it helps with focus. And I think that each of us, rather than avoiding our story or trying to forget our story um, or being challenged by our story, should embrace the best parts of it or the parts that really make you better. And then find other like-minded people and share it and hope that they benefit too, because usually they do. And that just helps you just be a better person. So I'm, I'm very excited about this. Welcome, Matt Klein. Welcome, Matt. Good. It's so good to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I mean, is that an unfair statement? Does that make you uncomfortable? I was thinking about that as I said that. I'm like, I hope he doesn't yeah. feel uncomfortable with that statement. No, I got the thickest skin, I swear. Um, nothing really makes me uh, uncomfortable or uh, offended or anything like that. How old are I'm you? Not- uh, 23. 23. And you've got thick skin at 23. Now, most 
20 something years old, Steve 50 something years old, don't have the thin uh, the the thickest skin. Still worry about what other people think. Oh, is somebody going to like this? I don't know, you know. What am I what about my parents going to what are they going to think or my uncle, the rich uncle, was he going to look down his nose at me? The successful cousin, right? That yeah. that's yeah. hard, man. That's hard. And at your age, it's really hard, isn't it? I think it was uh, as a kid and I think I think a lot of it, you know, going into high school, um, most of the kids, pretty much all of them, uh, worry about what everybody thinks, what everybody's wearing, all that kind of stuff. But I don't know, man. I, I think once I got into college and I think once you kind of start making a name for yourself or finding what you love to do, I just it doesn't even matter anymore. You know, if you're happy for me, it's I'm just I'm happy, man. And no one's going to take don't don't take that away. What what do you, what are you happy about? Because I think that's important. What are you happy? I mean, when you think about happy, what does that mean to you? Uh, I think just gratitude, man. Um, you know, really just doing what you love. Like, you know, just reselling on eBay and Amazon is is so fun to me. And I think really it's just finding the product. Um, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it eventually. But uh, for me, sourcing is so much fun. It's it's not a job. I just I truly enjoy doing it. So and, you and, never know what you're going to get. Yeah, and, and when, yeah, that's it, the treasure hunt. When you think about that skill set of sourcing, and you, you have a knack for it, obviously, you're having some success. Um, what is it, if you had to describe your secret sauce, what, what is it that makes you a pretty good sourcer? What is it for you? Well, I think I uh, started out, I just started buying the stuff that I liked. Hmm. Uh, not saying that, um, you know, I'm, I guess I'm not the best uh, example for the market, but, uh, in the athletic side of clothes and stuff like that, I'm going to buy what I would wear. And ironically it sells. So, so you, um, you are, you are your own customer, right? See, that's what, and there's a pro tip right there. So a 23 year old's often your pro tip. If you're a customer, if you're a buyer and you see a bunch of your friends buying, that might be a product you might want to source because uh, the market is you. And as your market, and if you pay attention, if you're in, especially if you're in a group and you start to see trends and you pay attention to them, and if you are comfortable talking about it with them, that is a huge opportunity. The key is then you have to be a good negotiator or somebody who can figure out ways to get it at the right price to make a profit, right? Right, exactly. All right, so... so you're a seller, so bring people up to speed. So you sell on eBay and you sell on Amazon, and you're having success. You're 23 years old, um, but you came from a, a challenged background. Uh, it's similar to me in some ways with a single mom. So you've had some challenges in your life. Um, do they define you when you think about it right now? I mean, when I read the story, it 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 almost does define you a little bit to me. I think, um, I think, I think yes and no. I kind of feel people won't like hearing me say this, but I kind of feel like it's almost like, uh, branding a cattle, you know, how like a farmer brands Ooh, a cattle. That hurts, yeah. like, um, no matter how far you go and no matter how high you climb that mountain, that's what you kind of what you were and where you came from. So that's never going to leave you. Um, so it's just a chip on the shoulder and I actually kind of take pride in it to be, to be honest. Um, it's a. It gives me the chills when you describe it that way. Um, it really does because I think it's it's very accurate, right? It never leaves you, right? You're always going to be. Um, you can't rise above it. Now, rising above it, I think the problem is what people think of rising above it is financial only, 
right? I mean, that's usually what people see, right? Is that, oh, it's financial. Or it's that college degree that people are like, well, you know, he, uh, Matt's the first one in my family to go to college. Well, that's cool. But if he's working at Starbucks because he got a, a degree in something that I wanted him to get, how did I help you as a dad? Right. Did I yeah. help you advance your life? In my generation, that's what was done. And there's a whole bunch of 50, and I guarantee you, a whole bunch of 50-year-old, 60-year-old people listening to this right now are shaking their heads saying, no kidding. That is absolutely true. Um, that doesn't make you happy, right? That just right. prepares you for the life I wanted for you, Matt, and yet that's not you. And, you know, thinking about that, that would tell me that I probably don't know you well enough, right? As a dad, um, I wouldn't know you well enough. So anyway, that's a little introspective on me, but it's just, it's real for me to think about um, that you are happy at 23. I'm very, I'm very excited about that for you. Um, because it's, it's just cool. You know what I mean? Because think about your 23 year old friends. How many of them hate their job already? Most of them. Uh, Already though. I mean, dude, they just graduated from school or whatever. They already hate their job or can't get one. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I always, uh, I'm really fascinated by the market. And just, I'm not a real like uh, straight A kid, but I just, I love like analytics. And um, I think personally from a 23 year old's perspective, just going through college and then watching all his friends, um, you know, fill out job applications and everything. I feel that the bachelor degree is now like the high school degree. And now the master's now is like the bachelor's used to be. So now most of the kids are, are starting to get a master's because the bachelor's necessarily isn't the right way um, or it's not the best way. Like I guess everybody thinks they're going to get a job automatic and I'm seeing so many people struggle so hard to find a job. And for me, I'm lucky, but I, I'm doing my own thing. But at the same time, I think, wow, I'm in their shoes with them kind of thing, going through these job interviews, calling them how'd it go, you know. Um, what was the starting pay, yada, yada. So it's just very interesting to me um, how you, most of the kids, you really need a master's. I think it's shifted a little bit. I, I think it's absolutely the the determinant. It used to be, you know, yeah, if you had a college degree or you didn't, that was the determinant. Now, as you're saying, it's an advanced degree versus a generic degree. The other thing I think is a big issue is a lot of the degrees have gotten really generic. So when somebody says, Steve, I want to go into business, I'm like, please don't take a business degree. Don't take a generic <laughs> business course or degree. Go take an accounting now. I'm, I'm partial to accounting. But accounting degree, you're going to take almost all business, but it's going to transfer across every single industry. So yes. no matter what, but if you go and you want to work in business, you have an accounting degree and it's just such a strong degree, um, yep. for any type of business and anybody, you want to go work at a bank and you got an accounting degree, you're in, you want to go work in insurance, you want to sell stock, all those things you're in, you're prepared. You want to sell real estate, you're prepared. When, when you thought about what you were going to be, what, what, what did you think you were going to be? I mean, I know you're an athlete and you've been an athlete, I mean, did you think you were going to make it to the football, to the NFL? I mean, is that what you thought? Uh, yeah, to be completely honest, yes. And I think so many people uh, have the tunnel vision that even if you say, hey, you're probably not going to make it or your chance is small, it doesn't matter. Like most of these kids are thinking, no, I'm, I'm going to the league. Like that's what I'm working for. That's why I show up. So that's a very interesting topic too. Um but after your first year in college, um, especially playing like football or something, 
you realize like, okay, you see the best player on your team. And when the season's over, he doesn't even get an invite and you kind of measure yourself to him or her or whatever and realize, wow, this is going to be harder than I think. Were they the best player in your mind or statistically, when you think about now, looking back, were they the best player? Um, do you get what I'm? Do you get my question? Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think uh, um, probably just ability wise. Okay. You know, just because um, you're matching up, you're practicing right next to them, or you're going up against them, and uh, you're either overpowered or not as fast, or you know whatever the skill set is. So I think it's yeah, it's just very interesting. So what's your advice then? So, you know, parents that have kids that are in sports and are saying, hey, you know, I mean, for you, that that athletic scholarship got you through college. I mean, so that you can't downplay the value there, right? That's fair. I mean, that, yeah, there's, I mean there's value there. Um, yeah, the first year it did. And then I actually, yeah, I transferred back home and just went pretty much academic. Okay. Um, but I think the advice I'd give is, you know, you, you really can't tell your kids. Um, they have to figure it out on their own. And you gotta got to let them go out and, f- and find out for themselves pretty much. Um, and it might cost $40,000 for the first year, you know, if it's a division three school or whatever, but, um, it's just a very hard lesson to learn, but they have to realize it or else they'll regret it their whole life thinking, Oh, I could have played football somewhere or basketball or whatever. I have two stories related. There's one, my younger son, who's still in college, he's finishing now, and he's a year behind because he went to a different school and then felt a calling. He went, ended up going to a Christian college. But the bottom oh. line is the degree he changed to is such a good fit for him, and it wasn't, and he couldn't hear me say, hey, I don't think this is the right thing for him. It was That was it, and he changed, and it cost me a bunch of money, but it's it's <laughs> so cool to see him now fall into himself, right? So figuring it, as you say, figuring it out, and now the confidence, it's like a switch was turned on. All of a sudden, it was like, I don't, I don't know what it was, and it was something that you as a dad want to help prop him up. But yeah. I'm so thankful that I wasn't able to prop him up. I think in the long run, it's probably prepared him for life. My second story is this. A friend reached out to me this past weekend, and he said, hey, how close are you to blah, 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 my alma mater? I'm like, dude, you remember I went to school there, undergrad and graduate school. His daughter's looking at it. And he's oh. telling me about the program she's going in. I'm like, uh, you know, I went to school there. I, I don't remember them ever even having that. And, oh. you know, and so anyway, you know, my advice to him, he's like, yeah, Steve, she won't listen to me. And I said, well, you know, maybe have her sister talk to her. Maybe she, as you say, she's going to have to figure it out. You know, you could force it and then they might go against that advice, right? They, they buckle against it. So my two little stories related to college, um, but I don't want to lose this because you took advantage of college in a way that I don't see people. What was it that turned for you when you realized about this Twitter account? What was it that, that made you get motivated there? Because that's a weird, that's weird. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good question. Um, so I have a Twitter account. It's at the motivator five. I created it when I was a junior in high school. Um, it was kind of cool because I kind of became like Batman, if so to speak, because nobody knew it was me. So that's, so I think in high school I had, after two years, I had like 6,000 followers or maybe 8,000. Um, and it was just funny interacting with like the people at my high school. Cause, Oh, did you see a guy with 8,000 followers retweeted me stuff like that? And no, one and they had, had no clue that you no were poor. They had no clue that you came from a, I'm going to, this is awful to say because I'm looking at myself, a broken home, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. No clue because 
you stepped in. Ooh, I'm giving you give me the chills, Matt. It, it's <laughs> because you became somebody else, and it allowed you to that at anonymity. Ooh, did you did you get bolder with that an, an, anonymity? I keep saying that word. It's yeah. a tough word. I mean, did you get bolder like outside of your shell, the person you want to be? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, it it just took a while. I think you know it's it was very interesting. Um, I started, you know, I, I went to school. I went to a NAI school called Lindsey Wilson. So it's like a division two. Um, and you know, I played football and I built a Twitter account. So, but yeah, just being behind the mask on that, you know, we built, like I told you, we built it up to 110,000 followers. That's not a big, that's not minor. So, but it was fun though too. You know, I really enjoyed it. And, um, just tweeting motivational quotes and stuff. It's something I've always, uh, I had a high school coach, that would always um, have a quote of the day, and I loved it. And I thought a lot of people were like that uh, as far as adults go, but a lot aren't. So Ooh. I'm seeing that as I'm getting older, but obviously there's a market um, with 110,000 followers. Uh, and it's also been interesting because Twitter was, I mean, that was back in 2013. So from 2013 to now, you know, Twitter has declined rapidly. Uh, I think I've actually lost like 17,000 followers. Because they're not on Twitter anymore. So right. it's just very, very interesting. Well, let me ask you this. Because it, it, did you feel like if the real Matt Klein was out there on Twitter and it was Matt Klein 5, you wouldn't have hit that 110,000? Do you know what I mean? Because they would have seen, well, well you know, he's not, he's, not the, he's not that the guy. He's not the guy. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, I think, yeah, there was just a deeper motivation there and, I guess it, I guess you have to understand like, yeah, it was a lot of work. Um, it was set up differently back then, but basically I got to, um, 10,000 followers and it was just a snowball after that. I mean, every month was about five to 10,000 new followers. Wow. And, um, we would, well, I say we, I always say we, but it's me. Um, as like a company, I always just say we, but I would follow a thousand people a day and then, after two weeks, I would unfollow the people that didn't fall back. So that's kind of how we built it. Um, and it's just, yeah, it was crazy. And then the ad revenue came in a little bit. And so it's a lot just, of work, dude. That's yep. a lot of work. That's a lot of effort. And everybody would say, well, geez, you know, can you show me how to do it? Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> you want to put in the thousand hours, right? That's the challenge. Most people are not willing to put in. So I sit there and I think about the, the things that you pulled away from that. And for me, the powerful message there is you invested in others by putting out those tweets to help inspire others, and you gained so much from it. I think there's a, a lesson. It's a, it's a, I see that in the outliers that I interview is that that's the common theme. Give without expectation, and you benefit every single time. And it's very, very cool. And if I was your dad, I'd be proud of you. So I'm just telling oh, you that right now. I mean that. Um, okay, so so you uh, you. You're in school. Things weren't going so well. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, why. What, what was it? Were you falling back to where you came from because you were defined by that? No. Well, a part of it, I think uh, there was a number of things going on. Um, one was uh, I tore my labrum uh, when I was a senior in high school in October. I got surgery in January, and then I reported for camp in July, and then I retore my labrum in September, August, September ish. So 
you know, here I go through surgery and now I feel like, um, you know, you go from like, you feel like Superman, but now you're nobody and someone has to open the door for you. So you kind of feel helpless. Um, so that was mentally just very challenging for me on the uh, recovery from that. Um, well, but, uh, don't leave that because is that, so as an athlete where you moved your identity into that role period, now that you're a broken athlete, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the new definition. I mean, is that, is that what happens? I mean, cause I'm not an athlete. Yeah. Anybody who's ever met me would, would absolutely say that <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Um, really? Wow. My mom had to put my shirt on, you know, for me. So for like two weeks, so I just felt like, oh man, I don't know. I'd never want to go back to that again. So, and that was part of it. So I retore my labrum and I thought, and they're like, well, yeah, we can get a, you know, we'll get an MRI just to make sure. And, uh, we can schedule you for surgery. And I'm like, I just had surgery less than a year ago. And I look over at this other guy and he was uh, like a junior or senior there. And he had, he had labrum and rotator, um, surgery on his left shoulder and his right. And he redid his right as well. So he was go, he already, uh, he went through surgery and then he was in a cast and I'm looking at him going, Nope, I don't want to be him. So, I mean, what's the cost? Well, it's, it's a fair question. Uh, what's the cost? Is it worth it? Especially who put in your head that you were going to make it to the NFL? Is it, is it, the glamour is it you know was it your mom saying you could do anything because i think this is important um i see so many parents giving everything they can to help their kid be the success that they want them to be yet they don't and this isn't a criticism they don't have the ability like that other guy that you you measured yourself against right the number one guy in your place who didn't make it right it's what is it only a few thousand people ever make it out of hundreds of millions of people and yet you know so it's a very unrealistic expectation so i'm just trying to understand that what what where does that come from i think it just came from dreams and hopes i mean you hear so many stories of uh you know these guys that made it and they came from Nothing. Abject um, poverty. So you come in from poverty. This is how you get out. This is going to be it. Yep. yep. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, so school wasn't going so well, and you had to change. And I mean, this was a conversation the school had with you, or your mom, or both. Um, no, it's it's something I I told my mom. I also got a call from uh, my sister, and uh, oh, she's. Cool. You know, I was raised by just my mom and my younger sister, which is three years old, uh, three years younger than me. And uh, she called me and she said, uh, she said, somebody's in the backyard. And I'm like, you know, it was like, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie Taken. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's like, what? Someone's in the backyard. I'm like, OK. I'm like, you should call the police. Don't call me. But um, I, I told her, I said, are the doors locked? She said, yes. I said, well. I said, go get uh, the airsoft gun because we we spray painted this uh, airsoft gun black, oh, and uh, and then we had a V for vendetta mask. I told her, I said, go put it on, grab that gun and just like wave it. And we don't live in the like we don't live in the hood or anything. Don't you know? Don't take that. But um, there was just a lot of a uh, lot of stealing in the neighborhood, man. And it was just really scary to get that phone call. I realized I'm like. You know, n- now my house or my home is a target. You know, there's no man or uh, male in the house, so it's it's an easier target. So that's so you, another reason I'm like that wouldn't have happened if I was there. You know what I mean? So I don't know. So you had to grow up right at that moment. That was the change for you to say, hmm, you know what? It's time for me to man up and be the man in both 
the two women in your life. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. I, be the, you know, this is going to be awful. I don't want to say that, but be the man that somebody should have been, right? So anyway, all right. So, so you uh, go home. Uh, school wasn't going so well for you anyway. Um, right. I mean, it just, it wasn't, it just wasn't working. So, so you go home, what changed when you went home? What was it that all of a sudden that there was a spark again? Well, there was a number of things. I mean, I went from a, a school with 2,200 kids to a school with 12,000. Uh, I went from a class size of 20, uh, where I could get like one-on-one time with the professor and got to know him really well. And then I had my biggest class my first year was 350 kids. Wow. So I never talked to the professor. So stuff like that. And, and then on the home side, um, my mom, I told my mom that I didn't want to uh, work while I was in college because I wanted all my focus on my grades. So at the first college, uh, I proved my theory correct. I got a 3.8 GPA and um, I was on the principal list. I got the letter and really thought they mailed it to the wrong person. Mm. But uh then when I got back to, I transferred to Wright State University, so it's um, after the Wright brothers, and it's a big Division One. but I had a 1.2 GPA, I think, after my first semester, and they're threatening to kick me out. So my mom, I forgot to tell you that my mom, she made me get a job when I came back to help out with the bills and around the house. So I'm like, okay. So I was managing all the inventory at McDonald's. I was ordering their truck, and to be honest, I had a great boss. I really liked working for McDonald's, as dumb as that sounds, but I had a good boss. Um, So I learned a lot there, but um, picked up another job at um, Longhorn Steakhouse, and I was trying to be a server, because I figured that would be where the money would be. Um, So I'm working two jobs. I mean, I'm only working 30 hours a week, and there are some people that can do it and do it well as far as school and job or work. That's not me. So is it a focus issue for you that makes it? I mean, now now that you're full time reseller, do you notice that that if you're not focused on one thing, um, or if you're distracted, or maybe this is it, if you find something else you enjoy more and you're not doing that, it keeps you distracted. Yeah, I think I think that's a little bit of both. Uh, Hmm. I think it is uh, part of a focus issue. Um, I think I had ADHD as a kid. They just never diagnosed me. Well, then let's take that to current. I mean, so how do you stay focused? Because you're selling and you're selling on Amazon, you're selling on eBay, and you're having some success and you're growing. I mean, your business is almost doubled year over year. So so when you look at that, what would you say is giving you the ability to focus now? I have one thing. That's it. I don't have school. I don't have work. Uh, Well, work is my my one thing. So well, you don't have a girlfriend yet. I do. Okay. Um, Well, that's more than one thing fantastic she's like a team player man she's she's everything so she helps out she lists and that helps with growth too but um but i just get to focus on one thing and then you know she has a nine to four so when she gets home at four we eat dinner um we'll pick a day we usually watch a movie but most of the time we're listing and she loves it. She's just very hungry. So, so she sees it as a side hustle. So that keeps it interesting. So, so then you're putting in more than an average eight hour day. Fair? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think this is something to think about. Okay. Because I'm guilty of it. My wife's guilty of it. This one, she can, she'll agree. She listens to She'll agree that we do baby our second one much more than our older one. My older one, I'm, I was rigid. I was young when I had my older one. My younger one now, I'm an old man. I'm like, eh, he'll eat some dirt. <laughs> Go ahead. No worries. Go ahead. Right. But, but 
the key is, is that, you know, why is it okay for me to work an 18 hour day and not okay for him if that's his love? Right. And to me, I think when you're there for 18 hours doing whatever you're doing and you love it, it doesn't feel like 18 hours, does it? No, it doesn't. I think time moves fast and you realize, whoa, you know, you have to take a step back like, wow, it's been four hours or it's been, you know, six, seven hours. It's time for dinner. <laughs> and and when you eat, it's more rewarding, I think, too. You know, it's not, I, I don't know, there's like an accomplishment thing for me. I'm all about accomplishment and these little, these little goals that I get to hit during the day. How do you, how do you, I mean, we understand now that you're focused because you're putting in a lot of time. How do you not let it consume your whole life now? I mean, especially if you and her, that's all you do together. You don't want that to become your thing at the cost of your relationship. You've Now, please don't get offended again because this is Steve talking because no, he's in the same set. That you came from a place that didn't have a good relationship. Right. Right? right. Is that fair? Yeah. No, that's 100% fair. Um, and I think that's, to be honest, my life goal um, is just to be a good dad and an even greater husband. Um, it's very simple, and uh, that's just kind of what I want. So, But to answer your question, um, the good thing is she enjoys it too. So she she doesn't see it as work. She sees it as spending time with me. So it's like, and I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, well, that's great then. So it's just a good setup. So so she's attracted to it too. Um, when if if let's take you forward two or three years, what would life, not in perfection because I don't think there is such a thing, for that yeah. moment in time, what do you think will it look like for you to where where you can maintain this level of this current level of happiness? Let's say it that way. You know, this is the most interesting question. Somebody asked me that last week, and they said three to five years. I have no clue. No I have clue. no clue. She's I mean, in your life. Yep. Okay. So that's important. Um, you sound. You said you're happy doing selling, reselling. You know, Amazon and eBay. So is that yep. going to stay in your life? You think? Yeah. I okay. Think just continue just to try to grow it. But okay, that stays in yeah. your life. Um, what other things? Is is your health still important to you? I mean, are you still in shape, or are you? gain the the football 300 pounds that most ex-football players gain no offense to anyone <laughs> no, no you're right you're 100 percent right uh actually i have like the million dollar gene i have the skinny gene oh dude don't, don't depress I don't me think it's gonna right. go away, though. this is where the conversation went downhill right here right this is the moment because man i'm gaining weight drinking water sitting here i'm gaining <laughs> weight i know i am i can feel it <laughs> so I, so that piece I, isn't there oh. Yeah, I, I mean, we uh, no, we work out a lot, but um, you know, I could not run for a month and then go run ten miles and be fine. And I think it's it might just be a mental thing. I'm not sure, but I haven't I haven't put on weight yet. And my father uh, is really skinny. Uh, he's got the skinny gene, so I I think I have it. I don't know. We'll find out. You're right. Knock on wood. Do you have um, a? Let me ask you an uncomfortable question. Do you have a relationship with your father? Yeah, I do. Um, my father is. He's, he's the nicest guy. You know, he really is. Um, what happened with him and my mom, you know, they didn't get along or something, whatever. I just see it from both sides. I'm very, right. very open-minded. Um, my mom's crazy at times and my dad didn't want to be there, you okay. know, at times. So that's, that's very interesting too. Um, I'm not mad at him, but the problem is, you know, like 
um, the biggest challenge for me as a kid was I caught a really big uh, fish and I needed to fillet it. It was huge. Like we were going to eat it. Well, we didn't, we couldn't afford internet, so we didn't have YouTube, but I, I had to call him and say, Hey, how do I fillet this fish? And it's hard to walk you through that because you don't know what type of fish it is. You know, it could have been a catfish and that's a whole different process. So, and then simple stuff like tying a tie and had to go to the neighbor's house and they tied it. So wait, so he didn't, he, oh, because you had to call him as opposed to him being there. Okay. I get it. But he did help you. He did walk you through how to do it. Yeah. He told me uh, and he's very knowledgeable, but it would have been better to just, you know, kind of be there and show me. Um, so, so, so what are you doing? I mean, this is good. And some people are saying, what does this have to do with reselling? I think, I think this is important. Your, your life. And, and I say this about us. And so tell me, well, I think it's true. My wife and I, our, our business is such a big piece of our life. And our life is such a big piece of the business that most of the time they just blend together depending on which one is needed. Right. So we've got granddaughters who need us. Guess what? The business goes and everything else goes, we go there. And then what's cool is we can move back here and, and, you know, kind of evolve. It sounds like you're in that same place, especially with your girlfriend, right? Because she's coming home and helping and, and, you know, it ebbs and flows. Um, I think that piece, that mental health piece, getting comfortable in your skin and identifying it that, you know, you're a reseller or you're in an e-commerce business, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, and the fact that it's not a burden on your life. It's like, like, oh, I'm an insurance salesman or I work at Starbucks or I'm a uh, warehouse employee. You know what I mean? Or I'm a plumber and like looking down in shame rather than being proud because I'm a plumber, man. I fix big problems, you know? You have that pride. I think that mental health is so important. And I think generationally, you guys are the first one to get it. I just, I'm I'm excited when I meet somebody your age that gets it because you're going to change everybody after you um, because it's not going to be a college or nothing, right? Because college didn't define you, as you found out, correct? Yep, correct. Uh, Being a football player didn't define you, did it? Nope. Nope. Uh, being a good boyfriend, a good son, being a friend, that defines you, Matt. Yeah, hmm. that's deep. No, you're on the money. You are on the money. So, so let's talk about selling. Um, your yep. model now, um, you're doing a lot of shoe stuff, uh, plus doing some, um, plus still doing some thrifting and stuff like that too. Yeah, it's uh. Very interesting. So now I'm full time, right? So I was in college. I just graduated um, six months ago or whatever, and now I'm full time. So adjusting and just it's a lot, you know. Um, well, what's your expectation? Lot. So when you say it's a lot, what's the expectation versus what you're experiencing, and who's setting that expectation? Let me say it that way too. Um, I think the reseller community has been um, very cool. I just found out last year that there is one, like on Instagram and stuff. So just kind of seeing everyone else's numbers is is very it's like a very good competitive kind of thing uh it pushes me to do more um and i think naturally you want to do more obviously but just seeing that it's possible like so and so is doing it like you can too kind of thing so um well but let's not leave there because you just brought up a good point and i think it's you were talking about where you came from it sounded like the only way you were going to get out of there was through football yeah you didn't have any other capacity. You didn't have any other frame of reference, maybe is a better way to say it. And now you see 
it's an effort issue, right? It's ability. Of course, it's an ability yep. and it's an art, but it's an effort issue. Exactly. That's it's, cool, dude. Yeah, I know. You're right. That's a good point. Uh, I guess I didn't think about that. That's a really good point. Well, I think, when you're going to change your family, that's the perspective you as a dad has to bring. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just, I don't want you to miss that because you got to keep hearing this because if you don't have your father in your life in a deep way, you got to keep hearing this. You're not defined by being a football player, right? Because all the football players that you went to high school with and went to college with, what are they all doing? They don't mean football anymore, not right? Football. Yeah. No, that's right. Okay. So that's not it. Um, being rich, I meet a lot of rich people who aren't very nice and not happy, right? So that's not it. Um, okay. And we've already talked about the father, you know, mom relationship thing, you know, to be the right person, you want to be there. And so those are the things that should define you. And then when you show the capacity that you have, I mean, did you, did you know you had these abilities in you to be successful in this reselling world? I mean, these skill sets that you use every day, did you know you had these in you? Um, I mean, I think so. I think athletics has a lot to do with it. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, just because you get there and you realize, okay, so-and-so is better. Okay, how do we get better? Well, you work. Oh, oh okay, wait, stop. So you measure yourself. So this is going where you said when you get inspired by looking at other sellers post their numbers. So you see it the same way in athletics. You yeah. go, you realize you're not the best. There's Bob who's better. Therefore, you're going to take steps to raise your level to Bob. And so in an e-commerce world, you're doing the same thing? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's that's a good representation, I guess. Um, I guess I'm not depending solely on it, though. But definitely, you know, seeing that it's possible and it's like it's like running the 40. You know, you want to you want to run a four three. Well, if I'm a I was a four five one. So it's like, OK, well, I need to get faster. How? Um, and then you just take the steps. So, as a so is that a reverse engineering thing? Yeah, it is. Dude, you got a college degree, didn't you? Look at this. I like this. No, because it's right. You're you're saying, okay, I need to shave two point. I don't even know what a forty is. I'll be honest with you. So you're going to shave two two uh, two point something seconds off. I get that much. And what steps do you take, right? Because there's five parts to that. If there is, I don't know that to be true. But so then you work your way backwards. And so you're seeing that in reselling. Walk me through that. How do you see that in reselling? Yeah. So how can we how can we scale? What uh what products can we add? Um, just watching the market, what's selling more. And far as the sneaker business goes, uh, Adidas is crushing it right now. They're doing great. Um, seeing I only sell Nike. Okay. Well, why don't we sell Adidas? Why are we not selling Adidas? Um, and just trying to work through there. And then the, one of the most beneficial, uh, classes I took in college, the three were accounting finance and then management as far as, um, input output like process improvement stuff like that so i took that and took it like and threw it at my business and then found a bunch of stuff that i can improve well just walk us through that because that's important right so i think that's a powerful statement right there so you threw it at your business walk us through an example if you got one yeah so uh so we were forced to read this book called the goal um and i took a bunch of stuff from that book i'm fascinated by making things faster or smoother, whatever. So like uh, for my inventory system, um, part of this comes from working at McDonald's. In the stock room, they have rolling racks. So they have everything on uh, metal shelves, you know, and it's like, it's got to be like 15 feet high. 
but all the inventory rolls and you can just spread them apart to walk down a certain aisle. I thought, well, you know, if you sell something on eBay and you can't find it, right? And you got paid already, but you just got to ship it out. It's like, oh man. So I was having some of those problems. Um, so I built a rolling rack inventory system and it was completely just an idea out of my head inspired from like a McDonald's rack and thrown it down. Like I have never seen nobody do it. So like I got to build this. I like, I drew it up and then me and my buddy actually built it. And it was crazy to see like a vision, you know, become reality. So just a rolling rack system with everything more organized. It holds more inventory so you can grow. Um, just very efficient. It's, It's crazy. So that's process improvement. And that's really what it is, right? You're taking a process and you're improving it. You're you're tweaking it, reducing touch points, any of the pain points. Um, is that is that the advice then you would give people as they're sitting here listening? Take a look at your business. I mean, when you look at your business, was this the number one pain point you had or was this the low-hanging fruit? Um, I think it was my biggest problem, to okay. be honest. Lost um, inventory. It's a big problem, especially as you scale. Yeah. It does become a problem. <laughs> And yeah, and I don't know about for you because you got a big warehouse now, but for me, I guess I'm, I was in a, you know, I was in a government low income house that was 800 square feet. How much can we really grow? You know, my mom was getting mad because there was clothes in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the big room or the living room. So that was kind of a, okay, what do we do now? So, and then moving it into, I had a mentor that has a big house that he was um, renovating. So he had a bunch of empty rooms. It's the craziest looking house. But we put all the inventory in four rooms. And just like I was saying, like the inventory rack saves so much time. Because instead of walking from room one to room four to find one thing, it's all right in front of me. Hmm. And it's crazy. So how long does it take you to find the item? How long does it take you to ship the item? And how long does it take you to list the item or even find it before you buy it kind of thing? And I guess that's all knowledge, just knowing what sells, what doesn't. Um, the shipping method, I think, you know, eBay, very, uh, fairly recent, they switched to the bulk shipping tool. And mm-hmm. I love it. It's, it's crazy. Um, before, I was, I was actually trying to use stamps.com. I was copy and pasting the address off eBay because I was saving a little bit more money than eBay's label. And copy and pasting it and then printing it out. Oh, just all kinds of stuff. Um, Yet the the, lost time for you more than covered that additional savings, right? You're like, you're working for $2 an hour at that point, right? Savings. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. A little bit more after it all adds up. But, um, and then the label thing, one thing I did want to say was, um, you know, like when you make a shipping label, I was doing it, um, you know, I was using the sticky sheets. So at first I was using the paper, I was cutting it out, taping it. And then I upgraded to the sticky labels. Uh, I don't have one of those um, Dymo printers or whatever they're called yet. Mm -hmm. But I use an inkjet and it works just fine for me right now. But I made my shipping labels smaller. They don't have to be a half a page. So it saves me on ink, saves me on paper. Now I can do twice as many labels on one sheet. Mm -hmm. Just little stuff like that. It was just always, it's always about figuring it out and just improving it, making it faster, better, and more, save more money. I think it's uh, the best description I've heard. It's a continuous improvement, right? 
It's yeah. continuous. It, it, do you ever think you'll hit nirvana and be perfect? <laughs> I don't think so. I think so. <laughs> well, because here, you know, one of the things I want to talk about, because I think this is a good example, the Nike Adidas story. So if you were one of these heavy Nike sellers, and I've got some friends that are amazing at it, selling millions and millions of dollars, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'd lose interest in 10 seconds. But anyway, they, they are just skilled at it. But something outside of your control changed, right? And I think that's one of the, the things that you've got to learn in this business is that things are going to change. eBay is going to change. They're going to get another CEO, right? Current guys there, who knows how long they're publicly traded. I'm sure somebody will be unhappy with earnings and they're going to make another change. They're going to bring in the guy, right, or girl, and they're going to make a change and they're going to try to improve. And blah. So the things that you, the processes you built in that are going to change outside of your control. Amazon's going to change. Uh, Nike is going to change. They're going to make a decision for whatever reason with whatever they did and there was a reaction. And so all of a sudden, Adidas is able to capitalize on this, right? And as yep. you said, who knew they would be the hot thing? Well, and there, everybody working there would say they knew it, but you know what I mean? It, so right. by having these processes in place, you can continuously evolve and improve. When, when, when Adidas became hot, were you able to just adapt them into your business model because you've had all this other stuff worked out in advance? Uh, I actually didn't. I didn't adapt the sneakers in yet. I've just been watching, and they developed oh, like interesting a newer. Um, what are they called? Crap. Um, the Adidas, just basically the bottom of the shoe, like the sole of the shoe, is like a miracle foam or something. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can't think of the name off the top of my head right now, but I'm the uh, wrong guy to ask. I don't know anything <laughs> about it. But okay, so I get what you're saying. So you're watching it. So you haven't pulled the trigger on it yet because you're still having success in the other stuff. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, all right. So looking forward, right? You're, you're growing, you're growing at the pace. Are you happy with the pace of growth you have? Yeah, I am. That's a good question too. Uh, I think a lot of people get really frustrated and don't feel like they're good enough. Um, Ooh. just based on comparing themselves to other sellers and your whole life, Matt, right? Yeah. You're back on the field, aren't you? You're back, back on the field and you're measuring yourself unfairly against that guy that you realized didn't make it. Yep. What's cool to me is that the story, you already know the ending of the story. The best guy doesn't always win, right? Yeah, that's deep. That's true. I mean it, though, because it's so true. Yep. And yep. the fact that you're comfortable with your numbers for where you are right now, you're working on a relationship. I mean, every guy who's a dad right now is sitting back and saying, all right, this is a kid who's going to make it because he's putting value on the right things with the right amount of effort. You're willing to do the hard work, but you're putting it into all these different things. That's a, it's very, very cool. You call yourself addicted, all right? This is your term. Yeah, I'm addicted, man. You're addicted. I mean, do you know yeah. anybody who has this much enthusiasm for what they do? I mean, I mean, I, I guess there are some outliers, but generally speaking, let's say general, that makes it easier. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Well, look around your neighborhood. Look around your friends. Look around... You know, uh, we've we've all had those teachers that you knew just they were meant to be teachers, right? Because they had it. They just can inspire and enrich you, right? Or I think of like a Tony Robbins. That guy is doing what he was meant to do. There's no doubt in my mind that guy is meant to do what he's doing. Or a Dave Ramsey or a uh, uh, Joe Osteen. I'll go there, right? I mean, those those guys yeah. are doing what they are meant to do. But outside of that, most people are kind of spiraling, not it's trying to figure it out. Yeah, they are. You're right. 
And yet you have figured it out for now, at least. For now. Yes, for now. <laughs> hmm. Well, I think it's very, very cool. And I think uh, I'm, I'm inspired because you've been able, you know, you still have the chip. That shoulder, that tattoo is there for life, as you say, right? It's there. You're not going to get rid of it. You are, you did come from an environment um, and it probably defines you a little bit. Does it, is it, I remember, who was it, Andy Stanley, he did a thing on guardrails. Does it give you guardrails, that background? Uh, guardrails, what do you mean by that? Well, meaning that there are some things you're not going back after. There's no way because you're not going back there anymore. So it kind of protects you from making some worse choices. Yeah, it, it did. Um, you know, I, I, when I grew up in high, when I went through high school or whatever, um, I never, never um, tried any drugs. Uh, I've never even drank and people always ask me why it's like, I don't see nothing wrong with it. You know, like, cool. If you want to do that, that's fine. But that's not going to get me to where I need to go. And I see all the people from like, um, in the situation I grew up in, they don't make that choice and they never make it out, you know? And it's just, it's just very sad, but yeah, the guardrail is there. Uh, and it's very strict. Um, it's not going to just bend or break over. It's there. So yeah. Is that important in your relationships then too? I mean, is it, do you do you make sure that you surround yourself with people who have similar mindsets? Um, because you know you are who your five friends are, right? That's what they always say: the twenty percent of each person that you hang with. Um, is that important to you? Yeah, it is. Um, mm-hmm. We've had, uh, unfortunately, you know, you, you go through high school and uh, afterwards, and then some of your best friends in high school just you know aren't your friends anymore, just based on the past they've taken and. It's just kind of sad, um, just with drugs and stuff. But um, yeah, you're right. You know, you really are the five friends you hang around the most with. And my my five friends are just very, actually, very kind of diverse. Uh, everybody has like they're very strong in one area and weak in the other. So together, it's like you got everything you need, kind of thing. Hmm. And you can you can lean on each one in their individual strengths or abilities when you need to, and vice versa. So that's pretty cool. All right. So um, if somebody has uh, wants some more information or wants to find out more about you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, through Instagram. Okay. And what is that? So I I've got I got your Twitter at the motivator five the number five, yep. and I'll have that link there. And so Instagram is what. Um, at Matt Klein too, and it's uh, Klein with a C, so it's C L I N E, and just the number two. Okay, at number two, and that's where you post a lot of inspiring stuff. And again, I think it really helps you to understand where Matt's coming from. And I think uh, there is the ability to rise above it, but it is a mindset issue. I mean, that's the other thing that I notice a lot. It it's truly realizing that you can right? You weren't shown that you can. You kind of had to earn your way to school of hard knocks. All right. So the goal of the podcast is to help people move forward, help people get past the point of stuck. And I think if there's anybody who's earned the right to help people get past the point of stuck is somebody who was, who quite frankly, should have been there. You shouldn't be a success, Matt. You shouldn't, I mean, to be fair, I mean, don't get offended by this, but to be fair, you know, you didn't come from the best place. You didn't, you came from a broken home, and Steve is talking about himself, so don't don't get offended because I'm looking inward. And all those things, and yet you rose above it. So yep. I think you've earned the right to be able to help people get past the point of stuck. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I put on my graduation cap from college, um, 
my sophomore year, I had to do a project and I think I just really gained a lot of self-awareness from it. Um, the project was on statistics and we got to pick basically <clears throat> what, what we want to do it on. So probability statistics. So I chose, um, kids that grew up in low income housing and the success rate. It was very interesting. Um, I couldn't find the article like three years later, but I'll never forget the article. It was, it was a study out of Baltimore and it was like 300 kids or something. Um, and they tracked them from second grade all the way up to like 25. And what they found was 8% or 7% went to college, but only three or 4% graduated. Mm-hmm. So initially I thought, wow, you know, I'm, I'm, I gotta be the 3%. So that's what I put on my, uh, my graduation cap was the, the 4%. So yeah, um, I walk around with that chip, but you know, it's, it's just interesting. You know, you have, that's what I tell all the freshmen in college is, okay, you're here, you know, do something with it, make a name for yourself. And, um, college is what you make it. And you don't necessarily have to go to college to be you know, successful, but I think college really did develop a lot of tools uh, in me personally. So I think it's a very interesting topic in that area too. Well, the ability to execute, I think that that's the thing. Um, the fact that you're taking these skills that you've learned and, and, and a lot of it in college or the, even the McDonald's experience, I don't care where it was, those experiences, and then you apply them to your existing ways to improve this continuous improvement. Um, to me, that's the thing I'm taking away from this conversation. That You're a continuous improvement. You have been a continuous improvement, Matt Klein, for a long time. And you are continuously improving and I, I just phenomenal. So, man, I wish you nothing but success. Thank you so much. Thank you. I uh, really enjoyed it. Great guy. Uh, again, I think all the dads are, you know, saying, man, that's, that's a good kid. You know, that's somebody who's figured it out and to be that young to figure it out. Um, he's on a path for, you know, just, just 10 years of doing what he's doing. And man, can you imagine where he's going to be? I mean, just that consistent, you know, continuous improvement, his, his term, that continuous improvement that Matt is very, very cool. Um, hope you got inspired by that because I sure am. Ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com. Take- Thanks for listening to the Ecommerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.